So Nicolas Borneus of Capital Inc. again, and I would like to thank you for joining this panel that is going to discuss uh, about the human factor and especially about the welfare of seafarers. I mean, we have talked about crewing from a crisis point of view. We talked about crewing in terms of how the industry can meet its crewing needs short term and long term. And now we come to a very, very interesting topic, the welfare of the sea of seafarers. And uh, the panel will discuss mental health issues, catering, benefits packets, training, and more. And I would like to uh, turn the floor over to Mark O'Neill, who kindly is making a double duty today, uh, joining to moderate this panel as well. And I, and I will let him introduce the, uh, the panelists, but I would like to say thank you to Nigel, to Captain Fauzi, Christian Ioannou, Christian Ayers, and Kostas Ioannidi. So thank you to everybody, and Mark, the floor is yours. Thanks very much, Nicholas, and thanks to everyone uh, on Capital Link for uh, the honor of uh, putting on this, uh, this presentation. I certainly have done my duty uh, today and I have a well-earned pint of bitter or, or lager waiting for me later on tonight. Uh, by way of introduction, to the extent they need uh, int introducing, they're all well-known figures on the conference circuit. Captain Fradi of Columbia Ship Management, uh, who is the group crewing and training director. We have Costas Joannidis, the CEO of Marsh Cyprus. We have Christian Yuanu, who is the founder and CEO of MCTC. We have Christian Erst, who is the CEO and shareholder of Mental Health Support Solutions. And last but not least, we have uh, Nigel Kaleeb, who is uh, senior advisor of OneLearn Global Limited. Now, as Nicholas said, uh, focusing on the human factor and the welfare of seafarers, it's not just uh, uh, welfare of seafarers, but human factor in shipping. And perhaps the best reminder of the importance of the human factor in shipping was that fantastic video that uh, those of you who tuned in uh, to this morning session saw uh, on the last panel I was on where BIMCO aired their latest video, which is uh, truly touching. And hopefully if it gets out, not just to the shipping community, but also to the wider international uh, community and other industry sectors will really raise the uh, awareness of uh, life as a seafarer and the importance of shipping uh, to all of us. Before we kick off uh, with questions, because, because of course that's what we're uh, here for, I just want to say a few words of introduction. I think in, in our business, in, in, in the business I, I work in, and I'm sure it's the same for all of you, the one positive to come out of this whole COVID crisis, which is still far from over, is the fact that it has taught us of the importance of people, both in our personal lives uh, and in our business lives, and that people matter more than anything else. That's what gets us out of bed in the morning. That's what gets us to work in the morning. That's what gets us home to our loved ones and families uh, in the evening. And the importance of greater and better communication and identification with our people. I think we've all realized that before COVID struck, all of the discussion was about digitalization. It was all about technology. Uh, we now realize that technology hasn't got us through this crisis. It is the people who have got us through this crisis. It's the people about around us. It's the people in our families, it's our friends. And that technology and digitalization is there not to replace the human uh, factor or the human input, but to enhance it. 
I think the truism that uh, look after the people and the business will take care of itself has been proven in rafts over this last uh, year and a half. We've also seen a lot of commentary about the need for empathetic leadership, a greater need on leaders to appreciate the importance of their people and understand uh, the importance of their people, including uh, seafarers. And on the other side, we see the expectations of our people, our seafarers and our staff ashore have also uh, heightened. They want basic rights and opportunities. They want to see a company that embodies principles such as diversity and sustainability, hugely important principles coming out of uh, COVID-19, in fact, going into COVID-19. But we've all had a lot of time to focus on how we want to be when we come out. They want to have more of a work-life balance. They want to be uh, appreciated. And most importantly, they want to be seen. It shocked me before COVID when I heard uh, in the, my capacity uh, with Intermanager that many crew on board our vessels just felt invisible. They felt part of an invisible sector, which is, of course, why we're seeing ha having so much trouble in getting uh, governments and international bodies to roll out vaccines to seafarers. They want to be seen and they want to be uh, identified with and they want us to care and caring is one of the most important factors to come out of this COVID-19 caring for our people. They also uh, want to have their mental health focused on and appreciated. They want their physical health focused on and appreciated. They want to eat healthily. They want to be able to keep fit and they want to uh, use the new technologies available to deliver training to them in quick, efficient and tailored, uh, a tailored manner. Now, to help me wrestle with all of these issues that I've just identified and many others, I have the very great privilege of uh, sharing today's conference with our, our panelists. And without more of ado, I will go straight on to our first question, which is for uh, Captain Fradi. Captain Fradi, in your role within Columbia as group training and crewing director, and from also importantly, from your experience as a seafarer yourself, what do you think are the main or burning issues, uh, the people issues at the moment, uh, in the present time and going forward? First of all, good evening, everyone. Good evening, Mark. Thank you for, for, for the question. Uh, I'm also pleased to be part of this uh, panel discussion. Uh, and to straight answer to your question, uh, there are a lot of burning issues these days. And uh, obviously, we can't uh, forget the obvious, which is COVID-19. Uh, of course, the pandemic has created a lot of uh, a lot of issues and a lot of trouble to the seafarers, uh, and they were uh, definitely key workers in in the front line, and they were one of the most people who have actually uh, sometimes suffered the consequences of all the lockdowns and all the restrictions imposed by various governments and and countries. Uh, about traveling and uh, crew change and shore leave and, and all these matters have changed the life of seafarers today. It made the, the job at sea harder than it actually is. Uh, it's never been an easy job working on the ships. 
today it's even harder. Uh, so I think the most pressing issues are crew change. Definitely, uh, the crew are, are, are willing to see um, better solutions about that. Uh, shore leave, uh, most of the countries would not allow that. Well, even the uh, recommendations on health issues also would not recommend that. Medical care, Mark, we've seen that it's not easy to arrange medical care, to go to visit a doctor, or if there is a need to see a doctor for, for a seafarer, it's getting harder and harder in, in many countries. And uh, definitely the well-being. You know, when, when you are forced sometimes to stay a bit longer on the ship, it, to make it a bit easier for you, you would like to have things like internet, for example. That's, that's a minimum. Uh, and we've seen the crew asking us, do you guys have internet on board? And when you, we say yes, which is the case in all our fleet, then they accept to join. So uh, that, that's, that's very important for them to stay in touch with their families, to see their loved ones and so on. And the last one, just to close on this, uh, from my discussion with a lot of crew members is the vaccination. So the crew, they want to be vaccinated. They want to be protected. They want to be safe. And they think that vaccination will also help solve the crew change issue. Thanks, Fauzi. And and do you do you see a, a difference? You're talking there a lot about the crew. Uh, I, I've always been a, a, an advocate for not differentiating so much between crew and our staff ashore in the sector because it is not just our, our crew who are under huge pressure. It's also our staff within the office. It's a team. And, and uh, the stresses and strains that we see on board, uh, we're also seeing in our crewing departments. So do you see these same people issues arising ashore as, as on board? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely right here. So the, the pressure, which is sometimes a bit exaggerated, all the, the, the measures are being uh, increased, you know, quarantine periods are going from 14 to 28 days, and we've seen that this kind of trend, and this is creating a lot of uh, frustration sometimes on the uh, people working in the office, you know, the crewing departments, the traveling uh, departments or agencies, uh, the manning agencies, so the whole world of crewing uh, is actually struggling with this, including training as well, it's not as easy as, as it used to be to arrange trainings these days. Uh, so the, the, this, this is a huge and tremendous pressure, and I agree with you, it's a teamwork, uh, and that communication is the key here between shore and sea staff. Thanks, Captain Fradi. Uh, Christian asked, uh, Captain Fradi talked about the pressures, uh, medical, mental, uh, on our seafarers and on our staff ashore. Do you see um, mental health and mental health issues uh, as a long-term problem, or do you see this as a, a passing fad? And I don't mean when I use the word fad to sort of downplay it, but uh, long-term or long uh, or, or short-term. Once COVID is over, uh, people will get back to uh, uh, managing or coping better themselves. That's a really interesting question, Mark. I think. Um... You know, the first point of that is where does the shipping industry see itself? Um, do we see ourselves approaching mental health uh, in a positive sense of the word in the way the airline industry uh, and the professional sports uh, spaces have taken psychology as something which adds to performance and enhances it? Or are we still at the stage where we see mental health as something which helps and supports when people have problems? Um, but that's as far as it goes. 
I think from my point of view, mental health issues and the ones we've seen during COVID will always be here and they will always be ones which we have to deal with. And what COVID has done is really brought those to the fore. So uh, we see a lot of issues which aren't dissimilar to what were happening 10, 20 years ago, but now um, we're in a position where we're able to uh, deal with those properly through our mental health support. What I might do, if you don't mind, is just reconnect. I understand my connection's uh, a little bit ropey, so maybe if, if we could come back to that, that would be, uh, be awesome. You're muted, You're Mark. Not, not a problem, sorry. Uh, Christian will uh, try and log back on then and uh, we'll come back to that question. Turning, turning then to another um, health aspect, nutrition. And this is, this is one for Christian Yuan of uh, MCTC. Uh, where has, uh, do you think there's been, there's, there's been huge development in uh, catering on board? W where have we, what, what where have we come from and where are we going to in the, the area of uh, maritime catering? Good evening, uh, Mark. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for having me as well, part of your panel. Um, initially, catering management was basically introduced in our industry as um, mostly for the need of outsourcing a task related to supply, which is purely supply. But this has become a task without any other added value services, without anything else that one actually can offer to the crew. And I think the most important element of it is missing. And this is why we provide, why we offer catering management and not how. Supply is just a very small part of the entire catering management process, right? And it's just delivered in the provisions board. Obviously, they need to be delivered in the best condition. But why do we actually, why, we are, why are we here? And the basis of any catering management service has to be um, lying on people. And everybody has the right to be fed properly, to be motivated at all times. You said it yourself, Mark, uh, once this conference will be over, you will have a nice dinner and you will, uh, um, you earn yourself a nice pint. And uh, this is- a pint, of a pint of mineral water. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's alcohol, zero alcohol policy where you are. And uh, we're basically, and they've got the right for the same treatment, right? There's, there's nothing else on board the vessel to look forward to rather than having a, a, a nice dinner. And when we go and see them on board the vessels, we see now a big change, which is they used to sit, and Captain Fauzi can actually confirm that or give us his feedback. They used to sit maybe in the past for an hour in the mess rooms. They used to socialize with each other. So now they're spending maybe 10, 15 minutes with each other. Uh, and then they're all heading into the cabins to connect into the internet and, and go away. So if food is actually good on board and they were, they're fed properly and they're happy with it, and this is socializing event as well, then they will be spending as well more time together rather than in the cabins, in the internet. Uh, if we look into, and I will close with that, if we look into when we founded MCTC 2012, and we wanted to be one of those to transform the, um, at least to assist in transforming the industry into a healthier and happier place to be. We were discussing with a lot of our clients or prospects, you know, about healthier living practices on board to change, to remove all those very convenient stuff. And very often the responses we were getting were negative, like this is shipping, you know, this is supposed to be, and nobody's expecting healthy diets and so on and so forth. If we look into uh, things down the line 10 years, down the line, which is now, 
At the beginning of the year, we had our health and nutrition conference with uh, Christian and his team at uh, Mental Health Solutions, where we had more than 400 participants discussing with us for the entire eight hours about health and nutrition. We've got millennials whom we want to have on board the vessels. For them, nutrition and uh, healthy living, you've got all vegetarians. It's quite, in, it's, it's, it's very, very important not to look into the supply itself, but why do we actually offer catering management? I think it is a case, isn't it, with catering rubbish in, rubbish out. And, and we are moving from an industry of pre-prepared meals to uh, more nutritionally balanced, tailored, uh, uh, tailored meals. But we, where do we go? Where do we go in the future? Where does your responsibility stop? For instance, the crew can get all the good nutritional food feeding they you you can give them on board the vessel. What happens when they go ashore during their leave? And and what does MCTC do uh, to 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 be the 360, 365 days a year? That's that's a very good question, and uh, definitely it's a never-ending story. Education is part of it as well, and training. And uh, what we one of the things we do, for example, is once they go on board, um, at home, we continue with education. We invite even the wives and the seafarers and the kids of the seafarers to our training center in Manila, where we're discussing health and nutrition as well. So it's not just about an assessment being done on board the vessel, and that's it. It has to be a 360 degrees, as you said, a continuation of education, support, and so on and so on. And every single vessel has to be considered as its own restaurant with its own clients, its own crew. Uh, menus need to be developed specifically for that vessel. Uh, with not one weekly menu for the entire fleet. And all of those elements need to be taken into consideration. I, I certainly, uh, not blowing your trumpet, but... Uh... Uh, since having MCTC, I think the morale, if ever, you know, from my army days, a, a, an army marches on its stomach. Uh, and since uh, having a, a, a proper catering management focus tailored, the morale on board the vessels, certainly during COVID times as well, has, has uh, never been higher because feeding and, and nutritional food catering is, is so very, very important. Coming back to, thanks, Christian. Coming back to Christian S. So you, are you back online now with a, with a better connection? I am, yes. Apologies. The weather in Rotterdam is so sweltering, it uh, melted the connection, oh, which you. I apologise. <laughs> lucky, lucky you. Let, let's take up, uh, we, we were talking about mental health. Uh, is it a, 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 a passing fad? Uh, of course, that's to not to belittle the issue, where uh, in particular, uh, our crew and our crewing departments are under such uh, extreme pressure. Uh, you, you, you answered that in part, but, you know, proaction or reaction. And, uh, you know, you've talked in the past, I've read some of your articles about the need for companies to prepare themselves, to mentally prepare themselves, to enhance their mental resilience aboard, on board and ashore. Tell us a bit about that. Well, absolutely. I think proactivity is one of the lessons which is going to come out of the current circum set of circumstances in that organisations which do the best are going to be the ones who take a proactive approach, um, look at themselves, but also listen to their staff and understand the issues they're facing and how they can create a better environment for them to be the best they can. Uh, and a lot of that comes from the work I guess MHSS is doing. And I think people are, are starting to realise the value, not just of seeing mental health as a problem solver, but also something which is performance enhancing. And I think before I was cut off, I mentioned other industries such as airlines where positive psychology is part of 
you know, how you train pilots, how you train the staff in that sector to make the best well, decisions. I, guess it, I guess it comes from sports teams. I mean, you, you, uh, all Premier League football teams have psychologists to enhance the resilience uh, of the players and, and, and mental fortitude. This is it, right? And, you know, it's a real, it's a watermark moment for shipping. Do we want to be the industry where we do what we have to do and then we put it back in the box until the next crisis comes? Or do we take a stance now and say positive psychology, mental health has to be part of our fabric going forward, which is going to attract future generations of workers and future people towards the industry? Um, you know, interestingly, we do a lot of work with our 24-7 helpline. And, you know, yes, we deal with people calling up issues about themselves issues about other people but we're seeing a trend of people uh, saying look what can i do to to enhance my performance i'm in an office environment i have stresses i have strains i still want to perform to that level so so what can i do to get myself you know into that niche making those right decisions using the right framework uh, mm. which is you know one of the most interesting things we're seeing uh, i another another question for you sorry to butt in uh, uh shoulder to cry on or uh professional psychological help and 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 i say that because you know hand on heart when i left the army i also needed uh mental health support um because of various experiences i had it was very important to have a uh, professional psychologist. And it wasn't just a, a, you know, a hairy older Sergeant Major saying, you know, man up lad and uh, you'll get through it. Uh, uh, views? I totally agree. Look, I mean, psychology is not a naturally approachable subject, right? And to have the best impact and to make it something which people not just warm to, but actively want to engage with, I think you need several elements, you know, first of all, it needs to be professionals. What the work we do is effectively detective work, you know, taking a few facts, a few snippets of information, putting them onto a framework and then giving somebody advice, assistance or an assessment based upon what we know, but also what we don't know. A volunteer, somebody who doesn't have that training, that clinical experience, isn't able to do that. And in critical situations, it's really important they have that knowledge. I think relatability is incredibly important as well. You know, the work we do are, is with seafarers who are naturally um, beholden to their own. It's very difficult to enter those circles to gain their trust. But once you have that, you know, they rely upon you. They see you as a support network. And we're seeing people come back to us time and time again, you know, having built that relationship and seeing that trust engendered in them. I think also it has yeah, to be I'll relevant. Just cut you, I'll just cut you off there if you don't mind, because I'm conscious of the time. I want to uh, yeah. let everybody... Costas, Joannidis of Marsh, welcome. Um, Columbia re recently launched its uh, Columbia Care product, and this was based on uh, a product that Marsh is uh, promoting called Crew Care. Costas, do you want to tell us a bit about Crew Care? <clears throat> yes, um, thank you very much for the opportunity, uh, Mark, and thank you very much for Capital Link for giving us the opportunity to have a quick discussion on that. Well, uh, <clears throat> we had a mission um, to help out the invisible industry. Uh, our clients uh, have asked us to devise an insurance product uh, that could provide crew members with additional peace of mind. Uh, for their families and themselves uh, when it comes to retirement and or a fatality during their leave at home. Costas, uh, you'll, have to speak closer. you'll have to speak closer to your mic. Sorry, you're coming across quite faint. Okay. <clears throat> um, so I was saying that uh, we were asked to produce a, a product uh, to provide additional uh, 
peace of mind uh, to the crew members uh, and their families uh, when it came to a, a retirement uh, or a fatality during their holiday at home. So we, we engaged on a GAP analysis um, with uh, mapping of all existing insurance policies in place uh, whilst the crew members were on board uh, or ashore. And, and we came up with a modular insurance policy, uh, which we called crew care. Um, this includes four modules. It includes uh, medical, disability, and life insurance, uh, all whilst the crew are uh, at home, uh, and the pension plan. So we devised the framework and we made sure that uh, the crew P&I and, and other compulsory insurances uh, locally gelled with the crew care together uh, seamlessly. Uh, of course, we had some teething issues, but these were resolved uh, fast with the cooperation of, of underwriters. Once that was um, placed, we had to make a user-friendly environment. So we focused on automation so that crew can navigate through the various options and, and tailor make their investment uh, product in accordance with their needs. Um, currently, they can enroll uh, online and they have uh, direct uh, electronic access uh, to their policies uh, 24 seven. So the expectancy is that uh, crew care will contribute positively to uh, crew welfare, uh, increase productivity, reduce human errors and therefore claims and also uh, long-term engagement uh, with our clients. I was going to uh, put you on the spot there actually and, and ask you um, uh, as one of the uh, leading insurance brokers uh, and where shipping businesses are increasingly being asked to foot the bill for this, that and every other uh, service. Now we have uh, crew care and we should be ensuring or assisting or subsidizing our crew uh, in this regard. Do you see this correlation between um, properly motivated, healthily fed, mental healthily uh, looked after, medically looked after, and now these, uh, these policies that you're talking about, do you see a correlation between uh, providing a From a logical point of view, you would expect a, a properly motivated individual to perform better. Uh, uh, but, but does that bear out in the statistics? Well, uh, <clears throat> well, incentivizing is, is definitely uh, the name of the game, uh, whether there is a price uh, for it or a benefit for it. But uh, I, I totally uh, agree with you that since there is clear correlation and a very strong correlation uh, that uh, more, more accidents uh, are linked to human error. It is clearly important to, to improve the, the quality of life of the uh, world seafarers on board, but also to uh, bring uh, underwriters closer uh, to the operators so that there is uh, enough uh, uh, incentive for the operators to engage in these uh, uh, practices with the ultimate aim of uh, reduced claims, which are for the benefit 
of all the parties uh, concerned. And if there's uh, reduced uh, cost of storage interrupt, but if there's reduced claims, uh, the claims record is better. Therefore, that should feed into the reduced premiums by logic. And that should therefore pay for some of the cost of this. And, and I know we're not there yet, and I'm not asking you to comment on whether we should be there. But uh, right. at the end of the day, if we see a reduction in claims and improved claims records, we should see the correlation should naturally follow through to uh, reduce premiums and the ability to, to pay for some of this. Yes, I, I, I agree with you. But, you know, underwriters are very sensitive uh, to the statement of uh, I need reduced premium or I can justify uh, myself having to pay less. So yes. maybe, you know, English is not my mother tongue, but how can I put it? Uh, maybe you can say that a contingent percentage benefit on insurance against the realistic target uh, of a credit balance on, on crew related claims, irrespective of the overall record, because you have to separate uh, various risks and just concentrate on the crew element and make a bet on that. Or mm. maybe you can uh, uh, put it like um, uh, reduced premium uh, by way of contribution from insurers against the joined up investment in these areas mm. uh, where they have already invested uh, enough uh, to be able to uh, guide through their, their uh, flying. So, Thanks, Carter. Sorry, sorry to break you off. I'm I'm conscious that uh, our dear friend Nigel Cleave is 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 waiting to get on. Nigel, uh, good afternoon. And uh, very quickly, uh, tell us about OneLearn Global and why you think it's so important in this context of the human factor. Right. Well, human factor and training obviously go hand in hand, and it's it's so important, imperative, especially in these days where people get a little bit rusty, you know. Um, but we at uh, One Learn Global have gone for a complete paradigm shift, um, and we're targeting the Gen Z and the Millennials who basically have been brought up in a complete digital age. Um, they breathe and, and live technology, but at the same time, they learn differently. They they um, react and and um, uh, live and breathe technology, but, but they react differently. So what we, we did, um, we, we did a lot of research and we I mentioned a, a paradigm shift. Um, the, the, we've actually reduced the, the um, content course to 15 to 20 minutes because this is what the young generation uh, are basically used to. This is what they like. It's a sort of um, package of 15, 20 minutes, including an assessment. Um, the courses are very bright, they're refreshing. I mean, we've even did a lot of research on this green behind me, which is ease on the eye. And, and uh, basically uh, the 20 minute segments is something which they, they will absorb, take, take notice of, and then move on. If we get a more difficult subject, we'll, we'll split it into three parts. But along with that, we've also gone for a very, very powerful LMS uh, learning management system where that individual uh, can basically train anytime, anywhere on multiple devices and do it at his own pace, et cetera, you know? Do you think, um, no, do you think there's still a place for, for, for classroom training? Uh, is, is, is one learn global products to complement the, the, the classroom training, uh, which I think all of us feel is still uh, once COVID once we get to better grips with with COVID, we're able to travel again and put, put safely uh, bring people together. Classroom training will still be an important part, won't it? 
Indeed, and, and attached to our LMS is the virtual classroom. So, you know, that student or that, that learner doesn't have to be at a, a specific pace, doesn't have to travel, this saves travel costs and what have you, but then you can still have your classroom uh, as a virtual. And we've seen that Teams and Zoom works like it is working today. I think before COVID, there was a lot of skepticism, you know, uh, you know no, forget this, this is all, all too modern. And we've actually been sort of forced into this uh, technology. And, and it's what the younger, younger people like. They are our future chief engineers and masters and they want to have everything they want the tools they want to do it on their um, handy they want to do it on um, uh, tablet whatever so uh, really uh, it's the way forward and I think classroom there will be of course physical classrooms but I think this opens up everything for the virtual classroom uh, and we will offer this you know complementary with the um, with with the existing uh, uh, LMS. Thanks Nigel. Uh, Captain Friday, uh do you uh, in your in your training role do you uh, see that there is a need for new techniques and new technologies in, in ship and shore? Let's not forget shore training. Do you think the time is right for this? Yeah, definitely, Mark. I, I think technology is, uh, has always a place. And, uh, you know, we are, uh, we are uh, I'll just give one example. I was helping my daughter yesterday on chemistry preparation and you know whatever what you think you what you think you can find in youtube and, and uh, the internet is sometimes much more than what you find in the book which they give them in the class and that applies to 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 seafarers as well uh, what we see from from our crew just to complement on what nigel was saying uh, the the crew they were really happy that they have opportunities to do training online and uh, and also on, on remote devices on their own devices uh, they they had to travel in the past thousands of kilometers. You know, they most of our crew are, sometimes are coming from large countries, or there are no training centers close to them, so they have to fly or to travel. Uh, I think that were, was really really great. Uh, had very positive impact on the crew. Besides, we we also noted that some technical courses, when you do them at your own pace, when you have your own time looking at the content and learning. Uh, it's much e easier to absorb the content and to be prepared uh, to, to use this knowledge when you are on board. Uh, same goes on board. I think technologies like virtual reality, uh, augmented reality, uh, HoloLenses, and this kind of uh, technology are, are really important. And we are, we are in Colombia working really hard to, to get these new technologies uh, available in the training. Thanks, uh, Captain Prady. Uh, Christian, Christian Ayres, jumping back to, uh, to mental health, we've all seen and read uh, about uh, the very challenging situation in, uh, in India, and uh, I'm sure uh, Mental Health Support Solutions has had uh, a considerable engagement with seafarers involved in that crisis as it un 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 unfurls or unravels. Um, what about the staff ashore. I mean, you know, we, uh, sorry to keep banging on about this, but I think the industry does forget all too often about the staff ashore and that it is one team. Uh, are you also seeing staff ashore in crewing departments, technical departments reaching out to you for, for, for support too, where they're being pushed to limits and, and, and uh, the, the limits of their uh, uh, endurance through, through yeah. this crisis in India, but, not, but also throughout COVID? Uh, absolutely. I think you know, in many ways, the guys on shore are the forgotten heroes here as well. They've been handling the crisis for the past 18 months, um, you know, handling a lot of issues coming in from shore, but their world's been turned upside down repeatedly. You know, new working patterns, new working styles. 
And I think what's happened recently with India has seen a huge increase in the volume of calls coming to us, but also, uh, you know, the calls for, for training on how to handle returns to office, how to handle resilience within an office space. And again, you know, calls from people saying, this turmoil is going to be part of my life, you know, post-COVID. How do I continue to perform at that level, continue to make sure that what I'm doing is to the best of my abilities? Um, so absolutely, we've seen an uptick, but we've seen people, you know, reaching out who don't have a direct relationship to India on issues such as, you know, how can I trust news? I think the India situation went from zero to 100 in a couple of days. People are questioning if they're being fed the right news and the right information. Um, and, and especially as people are returning to work or, you know, measures put in place to facilitate that, this is going to become a huge issue. And there really needs to be a focus now um, on how we facilitate that, how we make that happen, and how we make people in an office environment feel comfortable uh, and we create that safe space for them to work effectively. Thanks, Christian. Uh, over to uh, the other Christian. There's too many Christians on this uh, on this panel. We, we've talked about the importance of uh, good quality, fresh, nutritional food and, 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 and food supply and catering. But of course, catering management is so much more than that. Uh, it's also about training. It's also about education. It's about ensuring that the, the cooks on board are properly trained to prepare uh, that food and deliver it in a, in a healthy way. Tell us about your training and uh, the importance of training for your catering management model. Yes, well, well, nothing, whatever we've been discussing today, has any value if we don't implement it and put it into practice, right? So uh, education and training is obviously extremely important. Um, and we've, uh, this is how MCDC started, to be honest, where we, we're going to supply later on. So we started from training, supporting, consulting them as well, career development, the whole thing. And uh, what we have as well noticed is that the, the, there is a demand for it as well. But of course, there are cost involvements as well. This is why we have also decided a couple of years ago that we offer the entire catering competency development program for our clients free of charge because we don't want anybody to miss out on educating the catering staff on board the vessel. When we say catering competency development, we are um, touching every element that is in, includes um, training, education, motivation, support, communication, consultancy from our very it's our certified course, which we do while you're on board the vessel. This is the most, uh, I would say, efficient one, um, certified by the Department of Mission Shipping as well and Lloyd's Register, but we're communicating with them on a weekly basis. So imagine being a cook on board the vessel and you've got a team of experts ashore who are looking into what you're cooking on a particular day and they're, they're consulting you and they're motivating you to do something different by knowing as well the ingredients are available on board the vessel. Then we're looking into um, um, physical visits on board, our training center in the Philippines where we're trained, doing trainings in India, uh, webinars, standardization phases, processes, uh, setting up the entire department of catering, um, Again, the wives and the kids of the seafarers. So education is a never-ending story. And if you allow me as well to touch base to a question that came in as well that is related to what I'm saying about how do we address the weekly menus on both the vessels for multi-international crews. Um, this is very correct. Like I said before, every vessel has to be considered as its own restaurant with its own clients. So we develop indeed menus that are reflecting to the various nationalities on board but always with the, with the, with the, with the, with the, um, with the same basis of ingredients. For example, if uh, there's chicken whole, uh, we, we, we urgent to get chicken whole, for example, to be ordered, 
then we know that chicken breast will be maybe uh, utilized or cooked for the Europeans and the chicken legs and the thighs for the Filipinos and so on and so forth. And by doing that, they optimize the cost on board the vessel, but at the same time, they are addressing every um, cultural need and nutritional need on board the vessel. So, Thank yes. you. I'm conscious. I'm conscious of time. Sorry, oh, uh, Nigel. I need Nigel to earn his uh, to earn his keep here on the panel. Nigel, uh, technology. It talks about technology, and, and Christian's obviously well ahead of me because he can actually see the questions coming in, and I, and I can't. Um, uh, how much is the the the, the One Learn Global platform dependent upon connectivity and the technology available on board and in the hands of the crew and, and, and in the hands of the staff ashore. You know, we've seen we've seen at Columbia uh, the crew now demand free and unlimited Wi-Fi. It's it's not even a almost a, not even a luxury. It's an expectation. Uh, is that enough? Uh, and, and how much is, is your product dependent on vessels having that connectivity? Thanks, Mark. It's a good question. I mean, technology is here to stay, no doubt about it. Fortunately, within our group, we got 75 software engineers and they actually did spend one year um, doing the magic to uh, handshake, basically, uh, the cloud connectivity with the training module. So uh, we can work offline. The crew can do everything offline on board. Uh, but all they need to do then is to, to go on, use a few kilobytes only. And then basically it's into the cloud and recorded all recorded. So that's the real trick and the magic. But yeah, they can do it on, on, on board. They can do it in the cabins. They can do it uh, anywhere they want and, and use various uh, offline um, tablets or, or their own phone to, to uh, so So minimal, minimal connectivity required. Uh, work offline and then uh, when come back into connectivity uh, it's 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 interactive that's right what's very interesting though what we are seeing a lot of owners now and managers they're asking we want our crew to do this training before they go on board now so this is very interesting a bit of a, a shift again in, in the whole thing so they they have each seafarer has his dashboard he knows what he's got to do when he's got to do it basically he does that goes on board and then basically the pressure's off a little bit for you know you must do this and you can only do it because you're on board so as long as they've got internet connection the way they go really really good now thanks nigel and and last i'm conscious of the time uh, uh captain Friday, you know does a bit of a cynical question and it's not to suggest that i believe in in the question i'm asking does all of this matter does the crew really appreciate everything that the employer does for the crew we've talked about food we've talked about mental health we've talked about health and fitness and medical and and training and uh, crew care from 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 marsh does this actually influence the crew uh, in in deciding on a particular employer or staying with a particular employer or is the dash for cash all important? Well, to start with the answer, cash is always nice to have. I can't, I can't argue with that, but it's not everything for sure. Uh, definitely the, the, the companies like us, like in Colombia or others, we, we, are, we are within the market. Sometimes we are at the top, sometimes in the, in the, in the average. But uh, generally, um, from what I see, and I, I think um, you are aware about our latest uh, in initiative, which is called Crew Matters. It's a magazine, which, which basically is a newsletter, where all our crew are actually contributing to it. So it's not written by shore staff, by office staff. It's all, all articles written by the crew. And you can see the enthusiasm, the volume of enthusiasm, the, the, um, the happiness which is coming from, from, the, from the ships. Uh, the crew, they, they are loyal and companies have to be loyal 
and Mark by delivering all this. This matters, yes. MCTC, what, what Christian is doing really matters. Uh, what Christian in mental health uh, support solutions doing is also matters. Uh, One Learn matters. All these services, uh, March, uh, so uh, or what the the colleagues here were talking about is, is really matters. There are a lot more we can do for sure, but I don't know if we have time. But uh, for sure, we can do still a lot more than that. I think um, human resource management data from other industry sectors suggests that pay is pretty low down on employees' priority when it comes to decisions on employers and staying with employers. You think that's the same in, 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 in shipping both uh, on board our vessels and ashore? Well, pay, pay matters, Mark, to, to, to be honest. Pay, pay matters, of course, for the crew. And uh, we, we have, I mean, luckily, in, in, in the size of our company, we don't have these issues, but definitely the crew will not go for rusty ships and you know cheap salaries and that, definitely that would not be attractive for them but in, in our size in, in in our position as colombia we do not have that issue and the crew they stay with us there's not too much to compete with so uh, between the the ship managers and the ship owners the best thing to compete with is the condition of your vessel that you pay your crew on time and that you care of about them and this is what we do so we care about them. And, and this is, I think it's very nice competition. If everybody starts to compete, <laughs> I would be very happy to see who cares most about the crew. And the crew will be the, uh, the biggest winners at the end, which is good. Nice way to end. I think that is the uh, end of our uh, time, I'm being reminded. So uh, my sincere thanks to all of our esteemed panel. Thoroughly enjoyed uh, our discussions and some really important points coming out of them. Thank you very much. And thank you to Capital Link. Thank you from me as well for a great panel. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.